When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined, as always, as we will be throughout these playoffs, by Raj Chapalu, uh, Post game here as the Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies 111-101 to uh, was the final. It wasn't that close. Like, the, you know, the Grizzlies made their charges here and there, but, but really, like, the Lakers took it to them. Uh, I am... I am not particularly comfortable wearing what I am right now, but look, if if Dylan Brooks gets to say all kinds of stupid shit dressed with with his chest exposed, I am going to do the exact same thing. Uh, Raj, Raj, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I know how I'm supposed to focus on the basketball here. <laughs> you uh, dressing as uh, Dylan Brooks? Um, no, this was that was. <laughs> That was a really fun game. That was super exciting. Dylan Brooks obviously got ejected, I believe, first or second play in the second half. So didn't really get to enjoy the um, the beatdown that we gave on Memphis. But that was a ton of fun. That's what you know these playoff games are supposed to be like. It sounded super loud in the arena. I'm glad Laker fans got to finally fill up a playoff arena. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Anthony, though, why why Dylan Brooks? Though, explain it. Why uh why 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 do the Dylan Brooks outfit here? All right, so Dylan Brooks, uh, after after a win, look, get it, <laughs> feeling himself a little bit, uh, was asked afterward about uh, or after the game about whether it was smart of him to poke the bear the way that he did with LeBron James, and um, and this is the thing, like I should have worn a chain. I need a chain, like I I should have okay. worn an AI chain, but but like, um. Yeah, he he goes out there and he calls LeBron James old. Clearly pisses off LeBron. Like, I have not... It's pretty rare. Like, LeBron tried to do the whole, like, you know, games won here and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is exactly the the response that he's trying to give you. He's trying to say, like, no, I'm going to shut him up on the court. Like, that's how this is going to go. And the Lakers come out and absolutely, like... I'm concerned that the Lakers are all going to be suspended for the next game because of the way that they stomped the Memphis Grizzlies in the first quarter. Um, they just absolutely turned their water off. Memphis scores nine points in, in, in an opening quarter in a playoff game that they knew, by the way, that the Lakers were going to show up for, right? Like, they knew that the Lakers were going to be pissed in this one. Crowd, like you said, was absolutely electric. First uh, LeBron James playoff game in moneylaundering arena.com 
uh, with a full crowd and, and everybody showed up for, for that kind of a performance. And, and yeah, the Lakers really took it to Memphis early and, and look like Dylan Brooks on a, on the night, you know, in the game after he talked all that shit, he finishes, uh, 19 minutes, made three more shots, Raj, than you and I did. He goes three of 13 from the floor. Uh, one of five from three-point range, O of one from the free throw line. And free throws, to me, are usually pretty indicative of something maybe going on mentally. His free throw wasn't yeah. particularly close. Uh, seven points on the night and gets ejected for hitting LeBron in the balls. So, like, uh, yeah, I would. I, the, the reason I'm, I'm wearing all this stuff uh, is not because I feel I have lost, like, 10 pounds in the last month or so. But nice. it's not because I feel very comfortable doing this. It's because like I'm I want to laugh at this moron for going out there and, and saying all that shit and not backing it up at all. It's Ruben, it's it's Ruben Patterson all over again, where where he had Sean Kemp rubbing his ankles, Kobe Stopper, Kobe Stopper, Kobe Stopper, Kobe Stopper. <laughs> and then immediately just got torched in the very next game. We saw that exact same thing here with with Dylan Brooks. And I really think like a a kind of like I wouldn't say swing moment because I think the Lakers would have played like this regardless. I think they recognized the desperation of the situation, but yeah. in case there was any question whatsoever, the Lakers like knew, all right, it's really fucking go time because Dylan said all that dumb stuff about LeBron. Right. Yeah. Look, so I think, you know, they need a villain. Memphis obviously embodies everything that Dylan Brooks is about, right? His like, and now, now by the way, now by the way, the, the this is from uh, Tim McMahon. Dylan Brooks declined an interview request. I ain't talking. He told, <laughs> "Yeah, good call, Dylan." Yeah, talk. You know, talk when you're up, uh, kind of thing. No, and it, look, it was funny when he did that. Um, when he hit LeBron in the in the groin area, uh, I was watching on the playback, and someone said, uh, "Yeah, like if he went in and apologized to LeBron, or like, oh my bad, like maybe yeah. he doesn't get kicked out there." But he can't mm -hmm. do that. He has to live in that persona, right? That has yeah. to be his persona. So he got ejected. And I do think, like, his defense on LeBron is a part of it. But, no, Anthony, to me, that first quarter, that reminded me – the that was, this was, like, the first time that reminded me of the 2020 team where they would, like, not just – like, they would just they would shut your water off in a way where it just looked uh, – like, the other team couldn't even get a shot off. You know what I mean? There's times where you yeah. play good defense, but they couldn't, even get, they couldn't even get a shot off. And they looked kind of rattled as well with the crowd – Dylan Brooks was taking step back threes. Desmond Bain couldn't get any separation from Austin Reeves, who chased him around well beautifully tonight. By the way, he's been our best kind of chase, uh, screen navigator on Desmond Bain. But that first quarter to me reminded me of 2020. And then there was a possession tonight. Jaw scored after like the inbound of it, but Troy Brown blocked Jaw Morant, right? I believe on like a drive. And then uh, I forgot who drove into the lane, but then Anthony Davis blocked them out of bounds. And then Jaw got like a score off of that. But that just reminded me of like how aggressive that team used to be and how much they would protect the rim. And it'd just be tough for teams to get shots off. They had like nine points in the first quarter. Like that's that's insane for a playoff team. Even with the motivation that the Lakers had, it's still a 1-1 series. They're getting their superstar back. They have the energy of that. And Jaw was incredible tonight, by the way, especially in the second half. But that that reminding me of the title team where LeBron and AD were engaged, looked like the two best players on the floor um, until that you know second half explosion. But uh, no, and and LeBron doesn't really need motivation, but yeah, that's not the guy to to poke at for sure. He he definitely came out, had a floater early, um, had a jump shot that went in. Austin Reeves then attacked the rim, set the tone to me 
of that first quarter. Went up 10-2 and never really relinquished, you know, the, the lead closer than that. Remind me to come back to that because I think there's actual basketball value in, in, in that mm-hmm. approach. But um, I also want to, to quickly talk about like what you're talking about with the defense and how they shut that water off and, and how uncomfortable the team looks out there. To me, where it really kind of shows up is, and, and like some of this is, is uh, confirmation bias, right? Like it's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, playing off of the result but when a team like when it when the lakers really in that championship year shut your water off you know when they had ac and they had uh kcp and they had coos and lebron and ad out there because that that to me was their their best lineup Mm -hmm. and when they were all on a string and they were shutting teams off occasionally you know you would get you know sometimes there's just you make the right pass, you make the right move, and you still create, even against good defense, an open shot. But to me, what really good defenses force you into is even if you have like a good, clean look at it, you don't look comfortable taking it. Right. And uh, to me, tonight, like that was really kind of summed up by Tyus Jones's night. He goes 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from, uh, from three-point range. All of his looks were clean, all of them. But at, uh, at no point, from three-point range at least, um, for, at no point did he ever look like he was comfortable out there taking any of those shots. And it was because the Lakers were playing such great defense, uh, you know, in, in the moments leading up to those open shots, that even when you take that, that jumper, it feels, uh, it, it feels rushed. It feels like it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come across as a confident shot, even though it should be one. And they kept missing wide open jumpers in the first half. And I told Jen, I was like, oh yeah, they weren't ready for this. Memphis, (laughs) Memphis, not, not just like from a basketball standpoint, but I also thought like you talked about the crowd early too. I don't think Memphis was ready for any of that smoke, any of it, whether it's from the Lakers or or from the Lakers crowd, they showed up and, and, and they, they, they like, they took warm-ups with their tails between their legs. <laughs> right, yeah. And so, you know, Dylan Brooks was getting booed uh, in warm-ups. Uh, I saw the videos there. The crowd was already booing him, like, his shots, his uh, his misses in warm-ups. And, look, he had, his team had to write checks that he wrote, right? Draymond does this with the Warriors as well. Dylan yeah. Brooks, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies had to write, you know, had to cash checks that he wrote. And they looked rattled, Anthony. And this is why, you know, home games are so important in the playoffs, why road wins, you know, are, are pretty rare. It's tough to come by. And you have to, you know – take stand at home court but I thought you know the Lakers crowd was great like you talked about they looked rattled as well as our defense our basketball screen was great Vanderbilt I thought pressuring John Morant he got his role back right without jaw playing it's kind of tough to see a role for him but you see yeah. why he fits with those starters when John Morant's out there he was picking up full court going under the correct screens and he, he made them but I mean Anthony if you force John Morant into 10 three-point attempts, I think you did your job, right? You made John Morant take 10 threes to kind of get off. I think he was like two for 10 from two-point range when the game was still Mm -hmm. in the balance. The defense kind of forced him into the shots you want him taking, and then we kind of took everyone else away. Ball denied everyone else on the outside. Desmond Bain could not get, you know, really clean looks until really the second half. Finished with seven for 14, but really, I think he he only had a few field goals at halftime uh, when the Lakers kind of put it away, but... I thought our defense was fantastic. Jaron Jackson Jr., I believe, had like three points going into the third quarter or something. He finishes with 13. And 
to me though, Anthony, this game still goes down to Anthony Davis. He he had 13 and 8 in game two. 13 and 8 for Anthony Davis. 13 and yeah. 8. Tonight, tonight he's 11 for 24, 31 and 17. The gap in defense between game one, game two and game three is not some some uh drastic change. It's just Anthony Davis's aggression. I thought he was super aggressive. They were giving him baseline. And I thought he took it against Xavier Tillman, who they're still trying to keep on him and just shade. Jaron Jackson Jr., who else fell over, and I thought he made the right play. Ten free throw attempts tonight to I think four in game in game three in game two. Um, his aggression I thought really changed the game. And four offensive rebounds got to the line, put them in foul trouble. Jaron Jackson Jr. three fouled three fouls early, and this is the tone. LeBron and AD have to look like the best players, and if you can go up three one on Monday, uh, that really puts you in the driver's seat. Um, and hopefully this Kings Warriors series goes long, but. This was great. This was huge. Now Memphis has to win three or four to kind of get a win, and um, this is what the response we needed. So they came out aggressive, intense, and then kind of let their foot off the grass and off the gas in the second half. But uh, this was a this was a great performance from the team. Oh my George, God. I got you, buddy. I can't light this thing in here because my wife would shoot me. <clears throat> but the humidor's right behind me. Got my Cubans in hand. I am ready to go for you. Um, no, I all right. So I, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, AD, and um, I do Sorry, really, I'm really. Gonna drink, I, I, I'm going to drink water on here. Just <laughs> this is just this is Raj is really disappointing. I should have told you like as we were getting ready to go, what the vibe was going to be here on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, it, was it not. is twelve eleven my time out here. So, um, all right. So I want to like before I forget, I do want to talk about uh, the basketball value of. Yeah the Lakers response to Dylan Brooks talking and LeBron's response to, to, to Dylan Brooks talking to this point. Uh, I think LeBron has been really trying to allow Austin Reeves to like ease himself into this playoff atmosphere. He's, he's wanted to let D'Angelo Russell get himself going and, and he's just kind of played like a more passive role early on. But in this one, like you could tell right from the get go, it was like that. It was like that. That uh, was a game six against Boston when he was in Miami meme, right? Where he's mm. like looking up at the camera and you could just see it in his eyes. was like, oh, this is not going to go well for Boston. <laughs> one of like like top five moments of my life. Um, Incredible game. Yeah. And and like you saw it in this one, like that floater, he gets something going towards the rim within the first couple minutes of the game, I think that would that has to be one of the first times that's happened this series. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it looked like a, a concerted effort from him to really, like, to, to really set that tone and be like, hey, he can talk after the game. They won, they won their, the game that they absolutely needed to win. Congratulations on winning a game that you were desperate to win. By the way, I own you now. You know, <laughs> like, th- like, by the way, this thing is over. And... And where I think that that has actual basketball value is maybe not in this series. I think I, I, I think that he'll probably go back to playing a more passive role and trying to get his two kind of inexperienced guards some some on 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 court experience as this thing is going. But um, but I do kind of think that moving forward. He's he's going to again realize okay there's real value like I can really get this thing going, and 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 start cooking with gasoline right from the get go, if I if I set the tone and I let everybody know what the deal is right right when we start this game because in this one this was over quickly 
Like, yeah, again, Memphis made their runs, and they're a good basketball team. That's what they're going to do. John Morant was special, and that's the kind of thing that he is going to do. But, but like, this was over quickly. So, so it was it was so over to an extent that, like, I tweeted, I'm so annoyed at myself for just betting the money line, right? I, you know, and, and, and like, and, and, and only betting it, I think I only put like 50 bucks on it. Like I, I should have bet more of it and I should have bet on the Lakers covering because yeah, like LeBron based off of that presser that he gave yesterday where he's like, yeah, I'm not answering questions about it. The game's, the game is resolved over there and I'm, I'm, you know, and, and like just looking at the tone there and then him carrying over that tone into the, into the beginning of this game um, it was really cool to watch, but I also think like he is going to recognize, okay, these guys yeah. really react when I set that kind of a tone. Yeah. So you talked about betting. I, I don't bet on the team anymore, but I heard you and Aaron say something smart. We're like betting on the other team. So like you just like, if they lose, you make money anyway. That that's actually a really smart thing that, uh, <laughs> like genius first, actually. This is the first time you've heard of an emotional hedge. <laughs> Yeah, like that that sounds like genius to me. I was like, wow, that's so smart. Like either they win or I make money. That's like that's really genius actually. Um I haven't yeah. done that yet, but that sounds uh that sounds really smart. No, I thought like, you know, in the first half our intention our intentionality like on offense was to put them in pick and roll, right? Like we it got D'Lo going, but also got LeBron going downhill. And you talked about we have guards that like so our offense has really been guard play heavy for a long time now, especially going to the playoffs, D'Lo, Austin, even Dennis Schroeder kind of got going a little bit i think this was his best playoff game but yeah lebron getting downhill and i thought he just took it to them to their to their chest right xavier tillman jaron jackson jr uh getting finishes over them and then the little bumps on dylan brooks i love like the little mind games that like lebron does like i think dylan mm-hmm. brooks threw a little shove and lebron like shoved him back like like little, shrugged it yeah, off yeah did the yeah did the little shrug like you you can't bother me you know what i mean and i thought that was that was great I don't know the last time. I don't know. Has LeBron blown a 2-1 series lead? I got to check. He's been in so many playoff series. But, uh, yeah, like this gives a really commanding you know, lead to the series to me. Tough for Memphis to come back and win three or four. But their intentionality on offense, Anthony, I thought they went away from like straight AD post-ups in that first quarter. It was pick and roll, pick and roll um, every single time and put, making their guards defend. John Moran, another bad defender. I think you talked about it as well. They're a better defensive team with Tyus Jones out there. You put John Moran in pick and roll coverages and make them make decisions. And our fourth quarter offense, honestly, as we were trading baskets, was just, hey, where's Jaw? Pull him up into the screen. Let's have yeah. D'Lo come set the screen. And LeBron's getting downhill. And some of those, he was getting grabbed and just not getting the call. But he finished a lot of them. And, uh, yeah, that's just a tough cover for, for Memphis to guard. Uh, LeBron gets downhill. You have AD attacking the offensive rebounds. Vanderbilt got some nice tip outs as well. Um, he closed over Rui tonight, which was interesting. But, yeah, you, like you talked about, LeBron being able to get downhill on Memphis, put them in foul trouble, and finishing at the rim. His jump shot still isn't there. I'm not sure how many threes he hit uh, tonight. Uh, he was 0 for 4 on threes again. So no no threes, but 10 for 20 from the field. Um, so at 10 for uh, 16, if I do my math right, for LeBron tonight, which is uh, a super efficient night from from two point range. So he was he was really good. And and like the twos that he was shooting, I can only recall like a handful of the pull up, like contested yeah. mid range jumper. You know, like there 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 a lot of the twos that he was taking. To your point, that he goes ten of sixteen, um, from from two point range. To that point, 
a lot of the twos that he was taking were going towards the basket, which again is it's this tonal shift from what we've seen yeah. from him uh, to this point in the series. Let's let we do have to talk about AD. Um, I was really obviously very disappointed with the way he played in game two. Mm-hmm. Um, you semantically tried to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said he got punked, punked. Yeah. and you were like, no, he didn't get punked. He just played soft. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. in this one, though, this one, though, uh, very different approach to this one. Um, mm-hmm. The f- I don't know if it was his first basket, but it was one of his first baskets was one of those dunks that I was telling you about where he had a couple guys around him and he just reached up. And he yeah. dunked on all of the city of Memphis. <laughs> like, uh, you know, Elvis is sitting there taking, you know, like, like nuts to the face. Like he's just he, it, like, it was, it was, it was that kind of a dunk. Um, and, and, <clears throat> you know, that to me, I watched this one with Jen. She, uh, you know, the kids were already down mm-hmm. and uh, it's been a while since like she and I watched a basketball game together. So I try to like tweet less and watch this with her. And AD has that dunk. And I tell Jen, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good night. It's going gonna, it's, it's going to be a really good night from AD because it wasn't one of those fall away 16-footers to, to, to start his night off. It wasn't like, it wasn't some, you know, kind of bailout shot against a bad defender. It was, oh, I have Luke Kennard next to me. I have, like, I have this chihuahua biting on my ankle. I have John Morant like trying to poke at the ball. Okay, I'm just dunking on all these people, and and he did. And and like when he did that, I said, "All right, I think it's gonna be you know th- th- we're in for a good one here." And like you said, he finishes 31 points, 17 boards, only four offensive rebounds, which I think he you know uh, is is a little low, but like that's I think uh, picking nits. 31, 17, 8 of 10 from the free throw line, which is, I think, huge. Yeah. Uh, getting to the free throw line 10 times, 11 of 24 from the field, three blocks, two steals, and a uh, plus 12 on the night, which is only lower than D'Angelo Russell's plus 13. Uh, a, a great AD game. Uh, one, one of those games that, like, you know, poor Jaron Jackson, probably not feeling good about this one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. No, yeah, Jaron Jackson in foul trouble. As we, you know, predicted there would be a Jaron Jackson foul trouble game. I think the four offensive rebounds, though, is misleading. Like, there's a lot of places where he taps the ball out and, you know, he gets extra possessions that way that, you know, don't really go on the stat sheet with offensive rebounding. But, yeah, like him, 17 rebounds shows his aggression there. His defense has been pretty good all three of these games, honestly. I think his defense has been fine. But the offensive aggression to me and being – and looking for him, I think, is important. He he took, like, what, four threes, which is, I think, his most in this series. He has to take jump shots. Like, there's just, like, that just has to that just has to be in his shot diet to me. And to me, that ups the field goals attempts to me. Like, if you're only taking 
you know, dunks or hooks like right at the basket, you're going to score 13 points sometimes because you're just not going to get yeah. those type of shots, which why to me to keep him, him in rhythm, it's good. Sometimes he takes those fadeaways and like, you know, those aren't high percentage shots, but to me it keeps him involved in the offense, which is keeps those shot attempts at 24 instead of like 12 or 13, which he can really get lulled into again in a team that's very much guard heavy, right? They have, a, we have a lot of ball handlers that are more shot first than, you know, trying to look for the extra guy, Russell, um, Reeves and and uh, Shooter all kind of like this, so AD can kind of get lost, and which is why I think him they throw him into the post sometimes. But pick and roll, look for him on the pocket. Memphis has a tough time defending that. Their drop back or they're you know at the level of the screen, his role is there, or they're selling out and you have the open corner shooter. But I thought he was you know awesome. And again, under forty minutes for him. I'm not sure if they've touched forty minutes yet in this series, um, but he's been you know he was. He's been dominant on both on the defensive end for the whole series. And like, but the, the floor has to be higher to me, Anthony. It can't be 13 points, 30, 15, and then like, you know, 35. That like, doesn't like the yeah. floor has to be a little bit higher. And, you know, his, you know, I, I keep his standards high because he's Anthony freaking Davis. He should, he can, you know, he can do this on a, on a nightly basis. No fouls in the second half, by the way. So, or one foul. He had two at the, he had two at the half. I think he got one, he got a third one early. So, no foul trouble either. Um, and, he had Memphis, you know, looking up twice. Like they get to the rim and they have to, you know, they have to they have to think twice about putting a shot up. And uh, his uh, his defense is instrumental on Jaw as well, making Jaw take yeah. those one hand floaters from the free throw line as like his shot diet. So yeah, AD was great. Well, you you mentioned Jaw, you know, like Jaw semi inflated. Like I don't want to take completely away from Jaw's night, you know, because I, I like. The fact that he was willing to single-handedly fight the way that he did down the stretch of that game was really fucking cool. Like, that was a yeah. really cool effort from him, and I don't want to take away from from that aspect of it. But, like, Jaw also isn't going to have very many games where he hits th six three-pointers, you know? <laughs> and the Lakers were clearly giving him that shot because of the hand issue, because... He's John Moran. You have to give up something, you know. Exactly. You're, you're going under three. You're going under screens up there, and he was pulling up and he was hitting them. And you know, to his credit, like he he gets credit for hitting those shots. But um, I was texting with a buddy of mine throughout the game, and I was saying that like it's and I was saying this to Jen, John Moran. I think like you would have. There aren't five better players um certainly guards that are more effective in the paint usually than john morant you know like like mm -hmm. the entirety of his game takes place in that area and for most of this series i would say he has looked uncomfortable in the paint with the basketball and you know i don't like doris was uh, doris burke was was kind of saying like you know some of it has to do with the hand and he was kind of losing some of the handle, whatever. But what it really comes down to is AD is such a monster defensively. Mm -hmm. And and with the way that Ham has designed this defense, AD is, is such a monster, specifically in the paint, that Jaw and everybody else, but specifically Jaw, because so much of the, the Lakers' defense is designed and, and focuses so solely on on making sure he doesn't get it really going in the paint. Jaw looks so uncomfortable in the paint by his standards. And um, you know, yeah, he 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 hits his six three pointers and he's going to beat you at some way, in some fashion. He's that great of a player. But for him to like you're saying, extend 
what is normally like a five foot floater to a 15 foot floater changes a lot like singularly because of the way that 80 is playing defensively like look uh jaron jackson jr great defensive player all that stuff but like that that is is fucking depoy stuff that that is that is completely altering the way that one of the game's most explosive players has to play that's ad and that's it that that is like they're Vanderbilt deserves some credit, but it is almost all AD playing the way he has defensively. Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm going to make a comp that, you know, I'd never really thought of until I was watching this game, but Vanderbilt's kind of more, I don't know, I don't know what you think, but Vanderbilt's more like, so this stat line is fascinating. Before I say the comp, uh, zero for one from the field, mm-hmm. zero from one, and the, his only shot was a corner three where he was kind of forced to take it. I think shot clock yeah. was going down, um, but one rebound. Two steals, three blocks, finishes a plus nine. So you know, didn't do anything on the stat sheet, but it reminds me of like those Caruso games a little bit, right? Where it's just little, like pure, yeah. just like pure defense, and we use him in the Caruso role in a straight, right? Like, cause yeah, we we I see him get compared to like who's sometimes as like the tall wing, but like he's our point of attack defender, and like you talked about, doesn't really have a role if he's not out there, but. Our ability to throw him on a guy like Jaw and then funnel that to Anthony Davis, that's what our defense is based around, right? And the ability yeah. of LeBron to handle Jaron Jackson Jr. physically. But Vanderbilt's ability to chase him around and take him away. So those jump shots by Jaw, obviously six threes, that's great. But number one, doesn't get anyone else involved, doesn't get us to the doesn't get them in foul trouble. So it's really just jaw jump shots, and you have to live with those. He shoots, I think, 30% from three, shot 60% tonight. The, the trouble we got, we, we fouled him too much. He got 14 free throws. Some of those calls, Anthony, were a little bit, uh, you know. Well, I thought, they, I they thought the tough. refereeing in this one was was generally soft. Like, I thought, yeah. I thought, like, it was, it felt like a regular season with some of the calls uh, that, they, that they were. Yeah, the, that one where, like, Jaw flew off, uh, like, he was getting guarded by Dennis Schroeder, and then, like, he flies off, just throws it up. Like, those calls usually you don't get in the playoffs, and then uh, D'Angelo got some of those as well on the other end. But I think our our base defense being that, uh, AD in the paint, you know, making sure that Jaw can't get all the way to the rim, uh, and then Vanderbilt chasing him around, going under when it's appropriate, chasing over when the screen is kind of under the three-point line, right? You can't go under when the screen's kind of too low. And Memphis does a good job kind of re-screening there. They did that a lot um, in game two didn't do as much of it tonight but yeah i think that that being our base defense and vanderbilt being more of a caruso role which isn't a comp i think most people hear but that's what i saw when i when i you know saw this game tonight him and ad have a defensive tandem that reminds me of that 2020 caruso and ad tandem as a as our you know point of attack slash big uh defense so that's something to build on to me as as the series goes it was like late 2019 early 2020 caruso you know what mm, I mean? Yes. Like, like the 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 end of the 2019 series uh, season, and at the beginning of the 2020 season, where you start realizing, like, oh, this guy isn't just like, this guy isn't just a novelty as right. a bald white guy who can dunk on people occasionally. This guy's legit good defensively, you know. Mm-hmm. And he had some like he had a game against Devin Booker that you like, huh? You know, like you kind of watching like, hmm, that's interesting. Let's store that one on the back of the old <laughs> mainframe and we'll, and we'll, and we'll see what we'll come back to that one. Um, yeah, I think, I think the, the, the Vanderbilt comp there is, is a good one 
because like I and and I want to be absolutely clear um job played incredibly tonight you know but it kind of reminded me of of like uh what teams would try to do to Kobe and you would just say like all right Kobe you can score your 45 but what you can't also have is 15 assists right you know Mm -hmm. uh you could and, and like in the in like the when when point guards were you know the, the golden era of point guards was like Darren Williams and Chris Paul was just like just absolute blood feud in terms of of conversation is, is, is you know who was the better point guard between those two guys Chris Paul you would watch him you the Lakers would play him and you would basically say like all right you're gonna score your thirty might get to thirty five maybe even forty whatever. But what you're not also going to be able to do is is get your 12 to 16 or 17 assists because now you're creating like 70 points worth, right? And mm-hmm. and and in this one, like like don't get me wrong, Jaw. I think at one point they said that, uh, you know, he produced 57 of their 80 points at, at one point in the game, and he was absolutely stellar in this one. But with like the way that the Lakers have been guarding him all series, it's just like, yeah, you might get yours and you're going to get yours through inefficient shots by your standards. And, and like being able to design a defense that way to me makes Memphis a, a more logical matchup than they were in game two, where you're like, well, Tyus, you have to guard him on the perimeter and, and Bane, you for damn sure have to guard him on the perimeter. So AD has to show up higher and it forces the defense to have to make up for AD showing up higher. And, and it just puts you in tougher spots. Whereas like jaw, he's going to get it going, but he gets it going in a game that the Lakers were well ahead for the, you know, that like shouts to ABC and shouts to ESPN for like, it got to 13. You're like, and this is the closest that Memphis has been <laughs> right. all night. And it's like, yeah, but it's still a 13-point game with three minutes to go. Like, this isn't really tense time. This isn't nervous time here because the Lakers were able to go bucket for bucket with those guys. I, I don't know. I, I I still keep coming back to, I, I, I really think Memphis is a, a, for lack of a better term, I'm more comfortable matching up against Memphis with jaw out there than when he isn't yeah it's interesting so so obviously jaw had just to put his numbers he had 45 and 13. he was so fucking good like i want to yeah, be no. clear he was so good he was ridiculous and like part of that is the lakers were up like 18 i think with like six minutes left and they were very much in the a lot of nba teams do this um they were in the let's just trade baskets part right well let's not get hurt number one so we're not gonna crazy contest and jaw's a guy that like will jump from the free throw line on any yeah. play even when mm-hmm. it's not transition half court he'll just jump for the free throw line and a lot of those plays ad lebron even bando were like you know what let's just like get out of the way a little bit and let's just kind of trade baskets but no they're a different you know team with him and they're different stylistically i think if tonight jaw didn't play i feel like we would have still blown out memphis we'd have had another game to kind of game plan against them i think their ball moves a little bit better without him right so you guys you see guys like luke Kennard, desmond game desmond bain gets more on ball touches when yeah. Jaws out there, he's more like an off ball. And that really, to me, plays in the hands of Austin Reeves. Austin can chase the hell out of him. He's very hard to get screened. He gets hit in the face on almost like every screen, I feel like. Austin Who? Reeves runs around. Austin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, 
anytime a body part <laughs> is in like the general vicinity of a face, he's fallen over. Like, look, yeah. I, I, I love Austin. I love the story, all of that stuff. But my man has some grip to him. Like we can, we can say that we. Can... <laughs> no, for sure. I, I do think he, uh, he sells it right. So if he gets a little contact, that's what we say when he does it for your team. Like <laughs> he sells the contact. But well, if, if he, he wasn't on the Lakers, you're like this motherfucking flopper. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, but I mean, you have you have to you have to run around the screen, right? So if you if yeah. you just if, if you don't if you don't chase, you're not getting the call at all. So he's running full speed around these. You know, they try to get Bain going off of all these off ball actions, and I think that really plays into what the Lakers guards are best at. Him and Dennis can chase around like that. So yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, look, I don't think they're better without John Morant. Like I, I think no. you know a guy. A That's guy not what I'm go, saying. No, yeah. no, for sure. I'm just saying like I I think like the ability to go off like that. Like this game's over if there's no john morant being able to do that but yeah they're definitely stylistically different and like a guy like luke Kennard only getting four shot attempts i think like that kind of speaks to right how their offense is kind of just him needing to shake his defender off screen rolls every time the lakers are kind of like all right you it's going to be a two-on-two right it's jaw and his screener versus vando and anthony davis we keep this a two-on-two defense versus offense game and everyone else stay home or if it's dylan brooks out there that gives you an extra defender um, yeah, I don't think it was a coincidence as well that when like Dylan Brooks went out, all the shots went to John Morant. So like that kind of, like kind of, that kind of helped Memphis in a way. Um, yeah. so yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's going to be interesting going forward, but I think the Lakers have a nice base, consistent defense that they can play. Um, that's, you know, if they score enough, they can, they can win these games. And also, like you said, when the Lakers down the stretch needed buckets, they were just, all right, where's jaw? Mm-hmm. Where where can we find that guy? Like where's he at? And um, you know, at some point he's gonna have to clear that up. Like he's gonna have to clean that up. Like that that was the thing with Steph early in his career. Whereas, you know, no matter where he was on the court, the playoffs it was like, all right, where's Steph? Where's he at? We gotta go find this guy. Steve Nash throughout his career, where's that guy? Can we go pick on this guy and 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 really get a bucket out of him to to make it so that the impact that he's making offensively is taken away from because of what we can do to him defensively. At some point in his career, jaw like Russ, like the, the, the frustrating thing with Russ um, early in his career, he was a great defensive player. We've seen what he's been able to do. Like when he wants to compete against KD in this series. Right. Yeah. And, and when he was with the Lakers, like I used to say, I think the only way to get anything out of Russ defensively is to put him against the other team's best offensive player because those are the guys that he respects enough to pay attention to. Um, but like, yeah, with with Jaw, he's a good enough athlete. You know, he's got length and and he's he's quick enough. I don't, his instincts aren't there defensively, but like, and he's not. He's he's pretty thin in, in terms of right. frame, so he's not going to be very physical. But yeah, if if he wants to take that next step from where he is right now. He's gonna have to get better defensively, and I think with where he is right now in his career, and with what the Lakers can do game plan wise to kind of like minimize, even if he has an absolutely stellar game offensively, it is just him having that game offensively. It isn't the people around him having that game offensively. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think Memphis. I get more nervous about them as a matchup without him 
than I do with him. I and look, also by the way, uh, especially given what I'm wearing right now, I feel like, <laughs> I realize I realize that was like a more nuanced he's old take. Um, but <laughs> as I'm wearing sunglasses and, and and I look like a complete idiot on our YouTube page, which you can subscribe to youtube.com search Lakers Lounge, but like. Um, yeah, like I, I, I totally understand if I am completely in the minority on this, on this one, I, I totally do because he is that good. We watched him single-handedly keep Memphis in this game. Well, well yeah, well, to your point also, I think another thing that's, you know, going to kind of go under the radar just because of his foul trouble, but in 30 minutes, Jaron Jackson Jr. only 12 shots, right? And without jaw, he's a more featured part of their offense, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's getting all these post touches, every pick and roll is kind of geared toward his role gravity and trying to get him going downhill. And with Jaw there, like Jaw's the number one option. Like he's gonna, you know, go into his game, get his floater game going. And I think that also takes Jaron a little bit out of the game. And I thought foul trouble did that for him. But 12 shots, holding Jaron Jackson Jr. to 12 shots, a guy who can easily get 20 shots if he wants to. Um, I thought LeBron was great on him again. Uh, we did a nice job too, Anthony, with our sub patterns where uh, we didn't leave Jaron Jackson Jr. out there next to, without, you know, Anthony Davis on the floor for very long tonight. I thought that was a nice little – we went to one minute of Wenyan Gabriel. Um, so – and uh, Ham didn't like, I guess, what he saw there. But, uh, yeah, like, so I, I like that a lot. I thought our sub patterns were a lot better. Still a little bit too much Malik Beasley for my liking. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. only getting 13 points after basically having, you know, 25-plus point nights in, in the first two games. I thought that was uh, – I thought that was a huge kind of factor here, and I'm interested to see how they how they work work that through um, with Jaw back. Because, like we said, it's a it's a different team. They run their offense differently uh, with Jaw um, and with with Jaw in there and without. Um, so we'll we'll see going forward. Um, all right, let's let's do kind of lightning round here. Some other guys uh, who who I think I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, D'Angelo Russell had an interesting game. I thought mm-hmm. um, was mostly good, but when he wasn't good, was awful oh that i mean like no reason with four and a half left yeah well it it, it was just like i think he really wanted to be the guy who forced timeouts right (laughs) like he really wanted to be the guy who hit the shot that forced memphis into a timeout and got the crowd going you know on a few occasions he took shots that would have done that but didn't make them and and um but still, like even with that, even with that said, I thought when his focus was more kind of staying within the context of the game and understanding like what he needed to do and 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 stuff like that, still had really good minutes. But like the minutes that were not really good were really bad, and uh, just some stuff that I would kind of shore up there. Is there anything in particular that you saw from him that you would kind of want to carry forward yeah. into the next game or 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 get rid of? <laughs> as the other side of that coin well a fun stat i think i heard is like he has not shot over 50 percent a playoff game yet which is 45 a 45 45 percent yeah okay yeah, yeah which is very strange for a player who's number one played a ton of playoff games and then two isn't like has been getting some good off ball looks uh but we did you know we did a nice job we uh we ran more of the the double screen for him to keep him involved with like Austin and AD setting the screen so he can kind of work around that with Luke Kennard or John Morant trying to hide on him. And I thought he got good looks out of that. And then we went away from it when we got the lead. We went to uh, we went to like uh, really stagnant offense, just keep, 
you know, trying to keep the lead offense. Um, and we went away from what was working, but look, five for 14 isn't great. And a lot of those, like you said, were shots that probably aren't really good shot selection, a lot of transition pull up threes when he's in no rhythm for any of those type of looks, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, 17 points, uh, seven assists, the flashy play to me, you said the timeout play, the flashy plays, there was one play in transition where LeBron was like, just give me the ball. Like we were, they were like running up. I yeah. think it was like three on two and uh, yep. he didn't hit it head to him. He was trying to do a, like a no look or something. And LeBron's like, just throw it ahead, dude. Like I got this, like throw yeah. it up. Um, and it was like, as soon and, uh, as, yeah. as soon as, cause like, look, D'Angelo Russell is a lot of things. Fast isn't one of them. And, and like, he was trying to carry the ball. I know exactly which play you're talking about. It was kind of jumbled in the paint mm-hmm. and, and the Lakers had, it was, he, he winds up with the ball. LeBron is right next to him. Uh, Russell easily could have taken like one dribble, kicked the ball up ahead to eight to LeBron, and it's a three on one fast fast break. But yeah. instead, he winds up carrying the ball up there and uh, tries to do like you're talking about, like a, a look to the right, drop off to the left kind of pass to LeBron. And instead, I think Tyus Jones like deflects it and it goes out on the baseline, and LeBron's just like, "Hey, man." <laughs> like this should have been two points, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I just want I just want to give him a little bit of credit though. Like his pocket passes, some of those passes he makes. Oh he's yeah. The only guard on, on he's the only guard on the team that can make that. LeBron can make those passes as well, but he has like a ability to make some passes that you have to have a little bit of like like um, are you serious with that pass? But it's the only pass yeah. available, right? Some of those really tight pockets. Um, he does a nice job throwing those. So it the team needs his aggression and i thought you saw a little bit of that there's he just can't be taken out of games by luke Kennard's ball pressure like that's that's the stuff to me that's annoying you're not gonna shoot well every night or maybe not any night but like the to me to me the, the thing that can't happen is like the, the luke Kennard ball pressure takes you out of being an offensive impact player and i thought tonight he handled the ball pressure a little bit better and like i said we did stuff like the double drag screen stuff is nice for him gets a guy off his back um and he's able to operate out of that so that better game from him tonight beasley winds up playing 13 minutes in this one only gets up two shot attempts only one three-point attempt weirdly he was a plus nine on the game which again like says something about plus minus that you know you don't want to get carried away with this stuff um at one point in this one you know he was he had played only like a couple minutes fewer than reeves and I'm just sitting there like, and Reeves, I didn't think was incredible. Like, I didn't think Reeves was, was, was very good in this one, but like, look, under no circumstance should you, should, should you, uh, enter halftime with Malik Beasley having played 13 minutes and Austin Reeves having played like 15 or 16 minutes. Like that's, I understand ham is trying to get him going. I understand like the Lakers were far enough ahead He's trying to get Beasley into some kind of a rhythm, but it, I like also Ham, Darvin. I'll take off the glasses, Darvin. It's not gonna happen. Malik <laughs> Beasley is not a playoff player. Like, it's cool you're trying. I understand, but no, I'm, just no. The the only part I'll push back is that 
he's not a playoff player with the type of shots we're telling him to take, right? And uh, one adjustment, I'm going to give him a little credit. To, one adjustment we made, so he played 11 minutes in the first half, only two minutes in the second half. So basically out of the rotation in the second half, right? But one one little adjustment we made, we at least played him next to Vando, LeBron, and AD. And I think the next guy was either Dennis or Troy Brown. I yeah. don't remember. But, like, we played him next to our best defensive front court. That's why he was a plus nine, right? That's why like, he's so a plus that, nine. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why he's a plus nine. But to yeah. me, it's the – again, someone's in his ear, whether it's Darwin or whoever. I'm not sure. If someone in his ear is like, oh, you catch it, you fire, no matter where you are. Yeah. And I think we're past that point. Like, there was a point of where that was okay. Like His you know, first uh, attempt in this one was a uh... – Step back in transition over two people, like oh, not close. Oh, I'm to thinking open. of a different one. Uh, maybe it's a different shot. He only took one uh, three tonight. No, I'm saying his first shot attempt. I think his first shot oh, attempt was on the, the left side of the basket. Uh, he was like triple covered, and he tried to shoot a floater off the glass off one leg. Like, yeah. Off one leg. It was an off one leg fadeaway yeah. off the glass, like. Again, someone's telling him, like, yo, your job is to come in there and shoot, which, you know, it's fine. Regular season, maybe, like, let's see if he's hot. In the playoffs, possessions are too low. Like, every every possession yeah. matters in a way where, like, Beasley in no rhythm, in transition, step back three, in transition over two people when you're not open. That's the stuff, like, yeah, again, let success be your guy. Like, if you, if you hit a few open ones, yeah, then fly off a handoff and fire. I have no problem with that. But like when your first shot is that one, it's gonna be tough to at least get a layup first, get a dunk first, you know. Or um, he can drive a little bit. He knows how to drive. Like he has, you know, a license to get into the rim a little bit. Um, he's finished before. I don't know why he's strictly only, you know, shooting now. So, but I like the adjustment, Anthony. He didn't play with the Rui, LeBron, Dennis, Troy Brown lineup where he has zero chance defensively. At least yeah. in the Vando, AD, LeBron lineup, he can at least he's gonna get beat by his guy, but at least there's backup waiting for him there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. I think well, that's we, all we, I have in this one. We have. Oh, to, we got to talk about Rui again. Yes. Well, here's my question. Here's my question for you. I wrote this in my notes here. Is this real? Like, is this like this is the third straight playoff game that that he's done this? Is this real? Like, is this uh? Are we just seeing the Rui Hachimura breakout part? He's smiling after every basket. That's psychotic. That's like it's. <laughs> to me that's just that's psychotic like like he's like oh i'm really here you have no idea um but yeah, yeah. give me your, your thoughts on Rui. is this is this a legit thing um i'm not gonna go so far as to say that like him shooting 70 percent from three-point range <laughs> is real um yeah, okay i i don't i don't think that is going to be sustainable moving forward sure um, but like you know when he's taking mid-range jumpers against smaller defenders i'm saying that's money you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I'm very confident when he's taking that. I do think he's doing a very, uh, like a significantly, noticeably better job, uh, getting it, like getting his body ready, so that when he catches it, he is in better yes. rhythm than he was earlier this year to shoot. Um, and I think that has really helped him as a shooter on the on on the perimeter. Um, I also like. I know he picked up a T for it. I thought it was a bullshit T. But I also liked that he was like he was there ready to mix it up because Oh yes. Yeah. First first Conchar like pushes him in the back, which is like about as dirty as it gets in basketball. Common and then foul, Roddy, somehow. like I don't think people recognized it. I don't think the I don't think the, the telecast crew recognized it live, but Roddy like did yank his arm down at the end of that play. And I really liked Rui being like, 
no, man, what the, what the fuck is this? You know? And, and, um, I like, I like having somebody out there willing to mix it up. I wish he would be more willing to mix it up. Like if it isn't stuff that impacts him directly. Right. Like I, I, I would love him to be more like willing to, 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 you know, get in there and, and throw his body around after plays, uh, you know, if, if the situation calls for it or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if he's necessarily this right again. He goes six of 10 from the field, two of two from three point range. I don't know if he's going to be this great, a shooter here moving forward. Uh, but, but in terms of like the defense and the physicality and the, like the genre of basketball, he is like, we, we, we talked about this from game one here, moving forward. He is playoff basketball. He is built like playoff basketball. Jen was watching. This is the first time that she watched like a, a whole Lakers game yeah. from start to finish without having to like juggle two children while I'm watching the game. Um, and she like the first thing she goes is like, holy shit, that guy's traps are huge. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I like mine, like, you know, no. And, and, and she, you know, she goes like that, that guy, I go, yeah, that's Rui. He's a monster. He's an absolutely physical beast. And she goes, yeah, that guy, like, it seems like it would really suck to run into him. Like, and absolutely, he's 6'8", like a solid 230, 240. And, yeah. like, this is what playoff basketball should look like. That's the, that's the, the type of player who, who, who thrives in the spot. So I think physically, one zillion percent, that is going to, to translate moving forward. Shooting-wise... Uh, I'm enjoying this is is so, what I'll say. <laughs> so he's for the series so far, he's nine for 12 from three, which isn't going to continue. Right. That would be the best, you know, playoff shooter, playoff three point shooter ever. But yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, the, De the, the Desmond Bain comments have kind of gone, you know, under the wayside because Dylan Brooks said a lot of stuff you can put on a banner yeah. on first take or whatever. But I think that's the really prideful dude. I'm sure. Who's like, you know what? Like, yeah, I can keep scoring. And the thing that, I think sticks out the most to me is it doesn't feel like we're forcing it through him, right? His shots are mm -hmm. coming through the flow. Ball goes into AD. They trap ball, swing, swing to him, attack a closeout mid range fadeaway, or they close out short. Like you said, and this is obviously credit. I'm sure Phil handy feet set feet are ready. The shot looks the same. It looks repetitive every single time. Doesn't look yeah. different. His feet look like they're jumping into the same place. And that's what you look out for a shooter, right? If you, his feet and his footwork look like they're like he's worked on that a ton so far. And especially on the that, right wing, left wing is a little less consistent, but the mm -hmm. right wing, when he's able to hop into it and catch the ball coming from his left side, he looks a lot more comfortable. Yeah. And the next level to me, for me, for him is in transition. There's a few plays tonight where he's like so excited that he couldn't, he couldn't even wait to get up. And he's just a big, huge dude driven the ball and the ball obviously goes high and they like picked it a few times on the back, but that's the next you know step for him in terms of being comfortable. But you now he's looked like a monster and 16 points is like the low game for him. It's like the like average kind of uh floor that it's been so far in the playoffs, but no, 29, then 20. His three-point attempts are obviously going down because they're closing out harder. But then he can go to the shot he wants, right? The shot he wants is the turnaround fadeaway. That's what he's looking to get to. If you have to close out, if you have to run him off the line, 
your defense is in trouble, right? Because how many yeah. how many places are you going to allocate resources to? You already have AD in the paint, LeBron's drive you have to look out for. If you have to close out hard on Rui, that's that's a tough proposition for the defense. Yeah, he had uh, like everything that you said. Absolutely agree with. He also had a play where he was inbounding the ball on the left, like the Lakers were scoring left to right, mm-hmm. and he like the the Grizzlies uh, Grizzlies had just scored, and he was inbounding the ball and he was trying to inbound it to, I think like LeBron on the left side, like he, he passing to his head, his left and like Reeves was wide open on the right side. And, mm. and, uh, he, he goes to like throw the pass and he stops himself. And, and I am the same person you and I watched Lamar Odom, like walk onto the court because he tried, like he tried to <laughs> stop himself from throwing the pass and he couldn't and he just like walks with the basketball onto the court oh, yes. from there and it's a turnover and in this one like Rui goes to like complete the pass and his hands are so big that he's able to just like kind of palm it and bring it back regain oh, his balance yes, yes. and throw the pass off to, to Reeves on the right side and I'm like yeah yeah this dude's he's got huge hands He's like really well centered, like low center of gravity. He's not like falling over or walking onto the court. I, I, I really think Raj. Uh, obviously, his career to this point has been kind of underwhelming. You ask any Wizards fan, and he's been pretty underwhelming for a lottery yeah. pick to this point. But like without without that, like had he been a Laker this whole time, if if he had Phil Handy to work with. And somehow he had been drafted by the Lakers. He'd be a twenty million dollar player in this mm-hmm. upcoming contract. You know, like yeah. that. He's 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 like, I I I thought so. Heading into the series, I think he's making like eight million right now. Heading into the series, I was like, you know, he's probably gonna he he should get. I I wrote that he. I argued that he should get like rotation minutes in the playoffs playoff rotation players on, on a team that wins a series, right? That's like a 14, 13, $14 million player. Right. And now like he's been legit good in this series. So probably bump that up to like 16, 17 million. Um, and, and if not for like the toxicity that comes with being underwhelming as a lottery pick for like a freaking shambolic organization, like the wizards are, this guy, under almost any other circumstance, or if he was just a Laker to this point, Kuz is going to get twenty. I think he's oh. younger than Kuz, and Kuz and is... and I like he he's I think he's worth eighteen nineteen this upcoming season. Like he's he's that good, man. Well, his his floor to me is already at fifteen. Kuz is going to get like get your bad Kuz from from Washington. Like oh, for sure. Club. 25 yeah. plus from them but uh no like and we didn't even talk about his defense yet right now i think that's also yeah. the jump that has really that's the canyon size jump to me the offensive jump is more like putting it into a specific specific role in a good team yeah but the defensive jump to me the awareness on where to, where to go where the rotation should be where the rotation should be his uh rim protection that's been awesome his defense on jaron jackson jr right they're putting him on him in those second units um all that kind of stuff to me is a really really winning player and I think the playoffs kind of show that, right? A lot of players can, you know, put up numbers in the regular season. Playoffs are a different game. When that closeout's a little bit tougher, that closeout's a little bit closer. Teams can scout you. Rui's on the scouting report. Like, he's... you he's now, you know, for you, sure. 
Yeah. You drop you drop 49 points in the first two games. You're going to be on the scouting report, yeah. right? And you see that tonight. They're closing out harder on him, and he's countered, right? And that's what the playoffs are about. Can you counter when the defense takes away whatever is working, and you're seeing you know different players struggle or succeed with that? And I think Rui's still finding his way, which is the most impressive thing to me, finding your way within the offense where you don't you know, cannibalize possessions to get your numbers. And I think that's the really most impressive thing to me with Rui. It's all through our offense. And he's been a release valve at times as well, but just off of closeouts, off of the ball swinging to him, getting to his spot. And that's such a weapon um, and a luxury in the playoffs to have. Yeah, like every time he touches the ball, I'm confident. Like something mm-hmm. good is probably going to happen if he catches the ball in rhythm within like the frame of the offense, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, like the only time, the only time I'm a little nervous is when he gets the ball in 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 like transition. He has to make a decision. I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is where we're going on a bit of an adventure here. But like for the most part in the half court, if the ball goes like you know swing let alone swing, swing, and he's on the other side of that pass and he has a defense at a disadvantage, at a motion disadvantage, and he gets to make a, a decision whether it's stepping into a rhythm three or or attacking a closeout. Yeah, I almost always feel really confident about how that's going to go. So, yeah, that, that, I I mean, obviously, Reeves is going to be the guy that, that the Lakers are definitely like really focused on bringing back this upcoming offseason, but I would... And, and, and I think because, like, contractually, like, the Lakers just can't allow a $30 million player just kind of walk out the door. But I think there's a real argument to be made that their top priority this, this, this upcoming offseason is bringing Rui back. Yeah, to me, there's no excuses. And you got to bring all these dudes back. There is zero. Oh, sure. There is no. They're going like, to win a playoff series. Like, you, you, you don't just let guys walk away if, if they right. win a playoff series. Unless, like, you know, a superstar gets available. Like, that's the only way you can kind of, you know, maybe if you package all these dudes in a trade, I'm not really a salary cap expert, but whatever. Like, you got to bring all of them back. There's no reason not to. You have the uh, you have the resources to do that. That's the, the, the cap kind of works in your favor. And that's why you trade for guys, right? So you have their rights. That's why you do that kind of yeah. trade. Uh, not just for this season, but to set you up to not lose talent for nothing next season. But yeah, if they win a playoff series, I think they've uh, you you have to um, think to give this team a, a full shot at it. Where however you know the season ends. Yep. Well, I mean, also like Palinka was the one who pulled the trigger on these things, and he's gonna want to like let this thing play out all the way through to the very end. You know, he's just gonna want his credit for it. So like, it makes me confident that that you know, all the guys that Palinka traded for um, wind up coming back next year. And to this point, like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm no reporter or anything like that, but to this point, every <laughs> single person who I've spoken to, whether it's close to the Lakers or around the league, they're all saying like every indication is that the Lakers want to keep this group together. So take that, Absolutely. take from that what you will. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lounge, this rare Saturday night version uh, uh, or edition of the Lakers Lounge. I'm going to go put on some clothes. I've I've been sitting here feeling uncomfortable for an hour straight live with you guys, so I'm going to go put on some clothes. And does the room seem a little dark, Anthony? Does the room seem dark to you? Or I'm telling you, man, like I like I my eyes are like accustomed to this. So if I take off the glasses, it's just like migraine. So, um, (laughs) 
this was fun, Raj. Uh, apologize to you. Apologies to you for for having to like look at this for the entirety of this conversation and try to offer up serious basketball analysis as I look like this. So. Get the chain next time. Make sure to get the chain next time. I I have a whole bunch of like tinfoil because I do a lot of barbecuing and I really regret like not stringing together a bunch of tinfoil to make that to to, to finish off the look. Um, uh, I'll do that if the Lakers if the Lakers win Game uh, Four when the Lakers mm-hmm. win Game Four, I yes. will do that. I will I will put together another outfit like this. Uh, Dylan Brooks again uh, declined any comment after the game. Good call, Dylan. Growth. <laughs> uh thank you very much raj check out raj on uh access all access lakers on playback uh they're doing great we are doing great stuff uh on that on that feed uh whether it's raj and shub during a game night whether it's aaron and raj and shub or if true is hopping on there or on triangle nights when harrison and i are sitting there talking with aaron um, generally speaking, it's always a really fun conversation. Uh, so go on to, to, to playback the app and, and, uh, and search all access Lakers and you're going to find that channel there. And yeah, until Monday, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Raj Shapalu. We will talk to you. Then. <laughs>